we're talking about love transforms. Now, love, we talk, the love of God, I'm, I want to focus on the love of God. Love transforms. See, transformation is the product. Amen? Transformation is the result. But what transforms is the key index or uh, ingredient or the key uh, tool is love. If we don't have the love of God, we can't see transformation. We, if we don't experience the love of God, then we can't see transformation. What the Bible says is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. Amen. Not rules, not regulations, not do steps one to seven, but it's the unconditional love of God. Amen. See, what stops me from sinning is not the rules and the regulation. What stops me sinning is the goodness of God. I pray, God, you open their hearts this morning. What stops me sinning is sin. Oh, sin, here we go. But what stops me sinning is the love of God, is the goodness of God. How can you taste the goodness of God and still live the old way? There's only two things. If you have tasted God, the Bible teaches, taste and see that the Lord is good. If you've tasted God, and you've known how good and gracious God is and how beautiful His love is, then you can't continue to sin. But if you're continuing to sin, that means you haven't tasted God's love in His fullness. Amen. Last week, James brought Kelly. Kelly was way out there. James was there. And then... From social setting, come on, help me, James. Forgot public setting, crowd first, then social. But then there came a point of intimacy. Hallelujah. Intimacy, the love or intimacy is where you are faithful, you are loyal, and you know that intimate relationship, I'm talking about not God. When you come into the place of intimacy, I'm not talking religious nonsense, I'm talking about that intimacy with God. Where you are captivated by the love of God, you cannot run away from God. That's the love I want to talk about. What transforms people is not our lectures. Hello? It's not our lectures. What transforms people is the love you show to them. It's the love you show to them. When they are not to the expectation you want them to be, your love will help them transform. Just like God's love. So, love conquers and love overcomes. Amen. We're talking about God's love. That love, that selfless love, that agape love, the love of God. If I can have that selfless agape love, even if I am betrayed, I will still love. Come on. You know, a lot of people, don't betray me. Now look, Jesus was betrayed by somebody he loved, but he continued to love him. 
So God wants us to love. But before we love, we need to learn what the love of God is all about. And the whole theme this year is on love. And the best way to do Acts 2.42, if you're not in connect groups, I encourage you to find a connect group. Study the word of God. Study, ask. Do you know Christianity is not meant to be lived alone? Amen? Amen. It's not meant to be lived alone. That when I have problems, in this world you will have problems. When I have problems, I have brothers and sisters that I know that when I go to them, they're going to pray for me. They're going to uphold me. They're going to carry me in prayer. I don't need to be babysat, but I need to be prayed for. Amen. See, when we have that kind of love, that's what New Testament love was all about. Number one, they loved God, they loved each other. <laughs> they didn't put up with each other, they loved each other. Amen. Who are you putting up with? Oh, I just have to put up with you. That ain't love. Love is unconditional. Amen. So, connect groups or church, you will be known by your love. Love of God has to ooze out of us. I don't have to hug you because I have to, but I want to. I don't have to sit next to you, but I want to sit next to you. Amen. Anyway, so Acts 2.42, love, read the word of God, pray together, open the, uh, open the word of God, break bread, not just communion, but eating together. And the fourth one is what? Fellowship, hanging out with one another. That's what creates belonging. That's what creates meaning for life. Amen. Everybody wants to belong to something and someone. True? Everybody wants to belong to something or someone. That's why they have a tennis club. That's why they have a bowling club. That's why they have a whatever club. But then they want to belong with someone. Do life with someone. Do life together. But when you do life together, yes, it, there's rough edges, but iron sharpens iron. Love keeps us going forward. Love keeps us together. Love creates belonging. Not faster internet. Not 5G. Or 6G. You can get any G. What's up G? Kenny G. But what you need is love. Amen. There's so many songs in my mind. None of them are church songs right now. All you need is love. Love. Anyway. All right. So here we are. I want to open a scripture passage this morning to us. It's in Luke chapter 10 and verse 25 to 29. Luke chapter 10. It's uh, verse 25 to 29. Now this is about a, a religious uh, expert or a, 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 a lawyer of religious studies, and he comes, and now he is questioning Jesus. This is where we are. He's questioning, he's asking Jesus some questions. And he says here, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. 
teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Amen. What should I do to inherit eternal life? Now, who wants eternal life? Because we all know one day we will die. But we will go somewhere. There's only two ways where you will go. Now, what do I do to, eternal, to inherit eternal life? He's asking a question and Jesus is so clever. He answers the question with a question. Right? And Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? And now here is this man saying it. He says, the man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. Simple answer. But you see, that's a very, very important thing. The, the number one thing is, you must love the Lord, the God, Lord your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And then love your neighbor. Isn't that cool? There are ten commandments in the New Te Old Testament. Ten commandments. Now Jesus is saying, uh, those ten commands are great, commandments are great, but guess what? If you do these two things, you will find eternal life. If you do these two things, you will find peace. If you do these two things, you will find hope and purpose in your life. Number one, love God. Because uh, I was talking to Joseph and Joseph was qu quoting all the Ten Commandments. You know, love God and then of course thou shall not steal, thou shall not do this. And we are surrounded in a world, there are so many thou shall nots. Thou shall not, thou shall not. But what Jesus is saying is, thou shall love God. Instead of looking at not, can you look at what I can do? If you love God, with all your heart, yeah, let me tell you, if you love God with all your heart, you will not cheat someone. If you love God with all your heart, you will not covet your neighbor's wife, the Bible says. If you love God with all your heart, you will honor God with what he's given you. Love God. And when you love God, you will obey God. So there's a whole thing about loving God. I know you know this scripture, but I'm not talking about knowing it by heart. I'm asking us, how much do we love people? How much do we love God? That's where the question is. Do you love God? If you love, then you will love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Then the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? You know, I love this here. He's a religious expert, and he's justifying his actions. How many of us find the ways how we can justify our actions? We always look for ways we can get out of what we've done. How many of us try to justify Oh, why can't I love that person? Oh, well, I can't love Nathan because blah, 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 blah. The Bible is not teaching you love them because they are good. Are you with me? 
The Bible is not teaching you love them if they do this, 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 this. It says love your neighbor as thyself. You just have to love them. Don't justify why you can't love them. Amen. Oh, I can't love that person because he doesn't listen to me. The Bible doesn't say that. You've got to continue to love them. Whether they listen to you or not, what will overcome people and what will bring breakthrough and transformation is love. Agape love. Selfless love. Do these two things well and you will live. Who was Jesus talking to there? He's talking to the religious expert. Now you've got to understand, Jesus is trying to shift his paradigm here. Here is a man who is the expert in religious studies. He's done bachelor's in theology. He's been to Bible college seminary for seven years. He's got divinity, master's in divinity. He's got PhD. He's an expert in the law. And Jesus is saying, I know you got education, but what I'm asking is, can you love God? I know you have information, but can you love God? Know the information and information will set you free. That's not what the word says. Know the truth and the truth will set you free. So here is a paradigm shift. He's saying, wait a minute. Imagine if Jesus said that to you. You've been a Christian for 40 years. Right? And you're questioning Jesus and says, go love your neighbor as thyself. You kind of go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you trying to tell me, Jesus? Are you trying to tell me that oh, I, have, I have learned all the Torah? I have learned all the poetic books, the history books, the minor prophets, the major prophets, the eschatology, and all the, the whole thing I know. Now you're saying I have to love God. Imagine what his question would be. Wait a minute, Jesus. Are you saying after all these years, I've done the, the ceremonial practices, the, sacrif the sacrifices. Uh, I followed the tabernacle. I followed the, not the tabernacle. I followed the, the feasts of the tabernacle. I followed the Sabbath. I followed all the religious rules. You're simplifying it to love. I woke up early in the morning. I read my Bible. I woke up in the morning. I did all these things. But if you don't have love. Do you have love? Not knowledge. Don't th thirst after knowledge. Thirst after God. Amen. He's saying, wait a minute. After all these years of sacrificial Commitment, sacrificial, all these things. I've come to church every prayer meeting. I've been connect groups every year. I have been to all this. After all this, you're saying love. Love. Do you know that the only way you can gauge desire and duty is really your attitude? To gauge your desire for God or your duty for God is your attitude. Amen. 
Do I obey the law? I'll, I'll give an example. I'm good at this. I see a very colored light when I'm on a motorway. I always look for a colored lights or a colored car. As soon as I see a colored car, especially if it's white, blue, and yellow, <laughs> Joseph sees that too. I just start behaving. It says 100, I go 90. Now, am I obeying because you're watching me? Or am I obeying because I am called to obey? Am I loving you because it's a duty? Or am I loving you because it's a desire? Come on. Boom. Am I serving because it's a duty? Or am I serving because it's my desire? Am I coming to church because it's a duty or am I coming to church because it's a desire? Am I coming to sit with you in your house to eat because it's a duty or am I coming to sit with you in your house because it's a desire? Acts 2.42 The perks are you get curries, just to let you know. But am I coming to hang out with you because it's a duty? Am I serving in the coffee machine place because it's a duty? Or is it a desire to keep the family happy? Hello? Do I come here and go, oh, I got to clean this, clean this. Or is it a desire? Oh, this is my house. This is the house of God. <laughs> am I serving in the children's church because it's a duty? Or am I serving in the children's church because it's a desire to invest the truth of God in these little kids? School started last week. In my household, they got three kids in three different schools. It was like a wedding. You got no idea, even I never had idea how busy it is. Leo came back after first day and he said, Dad, he's new class. And he said, Dad, I'm, I met this guy in my class. He's seven years old and he said his father left him when he was four and his mother doesn't love him. Seven years old. My friend, our love, you shall be known by your love. Are you loving? Is it? See, you can't quantify it. The only way you quantify it is Christ looking at your desire. Is it a desire or is it a duty? I remember growing up in the church. It's a duty. I've done the church bit. Keep mom and dad happy. Showed my face to the priest. Even though he didn't want to see it, I made sure that he sees me. Hey, hello. Hi, hi, hi. Push, push, push. You see what I'm saying? We've all done that because it's a duty. Stop manifesting. See, what I'm trying to talk about is love is a desire. Out of that love, out of God's love, the more you love. I always often say this, if your love for God is good, your love for others will be good. Come on. I think I am doing better than you are listening today. If you love God, amen. If I have a good relationship with me, let me tell you, the more I spend time with him, the more I become like him. 
Hello? I'm sure if you're married, you know, maybe not in your households, but where I grew up, they're like, oh, he's married to her. He's changed. He's becoming like her now. Instead of him training her, she's training him. That's not right, especially in Indian culture. But when you love somebody, you hang out, you become like them. You get to know them. That's the intimacy you're talking about, right? You don't even have to open your mouth, but when you get in, she knows who's entered into the house. Love your neighbor. It's a commandment God is giving us. He's saying, love your neighbor. Love. But before you do that, love God. After all these years, Lord, I have toiled hard. Love God. The only way you will not lose passion is when you love God. Hallelujah. Don't look for excuses. You love God, you're able to love people. I've got Abigail amening today. I better you amen too with me. You know, we're not talking about information about God. Please, I'm telling you, I often hear people say, I've heard this before. My goodness, it's not, you're hearing it again because you didn't get it the first time. I've heard this before many times. It's not about hearing it. It's about doing it. The question comes is when you do. How are you doing it? The more you love God, the more you will love your neighbor. The more you love God, the more you will love your family. See, love has the power to transform you, transform your family. Love has the power to transform a city. Love has the power to transform a nation and nations. Love has the power. One little old lady from European country, I think she came from Italy, Mother Teresa, comes into India, all she did is love people. She influenced people. That's the capacity of love. She loved the unloved. She loved the rejects. But we got called to love. God, I can't love James. No, I can't love James in my strength, but the more I love God, the more I can love him. Amen. So, you know, we, we, we are taught to look holy. We are taught to dress holy. How many of you taught your children to dress Sunday, Sunday outfits? Right? We are taught to dress holy. We are taught to, taught to look holy. We are taught, taught, to, taught, taught to smile holy. This is creepy, but hello, if you're an Indian, hello, we are taught to behave holy, but God is saying, be holy. Amen. Just wearing white shirt and white pants, doesn't make you holy. I know he gets the Samoan culture. Half of the nation are in white on a Sunday morning. He's like, are these angels? <laughs> Just on Sunday morning, all the Methodists and all the other people in Samoa. Just be, I'm not mocking, but I'm saying, just because you wear white doesn't make you holy. 
Just because you wear a white gown on your wedding day doesn't make you pure. Ooh, he's going somewhere with this. Be holy, for I am holy. How can I be holy? By loving God. See, the beautiful thing about God, no matter how many times you fall, He always loves you. He always loves you. Amen. When you go to, a, when you go to work, they will hand, hand you your contract, and they say, this is our company's standards, you need to live by that. But when you come to God, he actually doesn't hand you a contract. He hands you himself and says, come, I will teach you and I'll journey with you. He will restore you. Men will look at how many times you failed, but God looks at you because he loves you. He restores you because he loves you. Amen. Your love for God and your love of God will always anchor you into your truth, into the truth. You may feel probably there's somebody, I don't match to God's love. No, you can't. You can never match to God's love because he's holy and pure. You and I can never do that. But with his help, amen, not in our strength, but with his grace. We are loved by him and we can know and learn how to love ourselves and other people. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. Love the Lord your God. He is not talking, he's not requesting you, he is not pleading you. He's not going, hey, hey, Nathan, would you please love me? I'm feeling a bit insecure today. James, love me. I'm God, love me. I'm depleted in my love. Please, James, love me. Please, I'll give you two lollies if you love me. I'll cook for you, James. That's Kelly saying that now. It's wrong if I say that, James. We are in church. James, please. No, he's commanding you to love him. It's not a request. It's a commandment. It's not, he's not begging you to love him that he needs to feel in, uh, secure about himself. No. He's commanding you. If he's commanding you, that means you can do it. Otherwise, then God's a liar. Because why would he command something that we can't do? See, I, command, I can't command a newborn baby to go get themselves dressed. Abigail, go get yourself dressed. Nathan is expecting, but she won't do it. <laughs> Abigail, I want you to really run outside and get yourself dressed quickly, please. I know at the moment she can't do it. But when she's three, probably, according to Nathan, one, go get yourself dressed. <laughs> See, you only command when you know you can do it. Hello? So if God is commanding you to love God, that means he knows you can love God. 
Don't say, I can't love God. I can't love my neighbors. No, he's commanding you. If you can't love me, forget everyone else around you. But I know when he looks at Nell, Rami, I had so many names, Rami, and I was thinking of beef curry, but not your name. Forgive me. I know. But when he looks at Rami, he knows he's commanding because she can love God. Amen. You can love God. You can love God. No matter how busy you are, you can love God. When you love somebody, when Kelly came into the, the four points out of that one that James forgot, you know, she came into the place of intimacy, there's a love. And you can love that person because you've committed yourself to that person. But in today's society, we, can't, we can fall out of love too. But if you don't love God, you can't love your wife or your husband or your children. So God commands us to love. Why am I laboring on this? This is the key foundation for us. I'm going to harp on on this for the next till December 31st and beyond. <laughs> love your neighbor. Love God. Love yourself. If you don't love God, you can't love yourself. Hello? Amen. If you don't love God, you can't love yourself. I love this in Psalm. I don't know if I put it here. Oh, there you go. Psalm 18 one says, I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The psalmist said, I love you, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you so much. Amen. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, the problem is, if you don't know how to love yourself, you can't love your neighbor. Amen. But if you love yourself then you can love your neighbor. If I'm always going, my nose doesn't look right. My teeth are funny. My eyes are not right. My skin is not right. Who am I listening to? What does the Bible tell me? That I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. I don't need a nose job. Amen. We're putting the business for the plastic surgeon off right now. You, you will see, when I love God, I came to God as an insecure man, young man, insecure, not knowing who I was, didn't know where I fitted in. I didn't fit in at home properly. I behaved holy, but I wasn't holy. I didn't fit in at school properly. I went to school, did my studies. I got all the marks, but I did not fit in there. I went to church. I didn't fit in there. Why? Because church won't help me. God helps me. The answer is not the church. The answer is God plus church. You get what I'm saying. Not church minus God. It's God plus church. A lot of us put hope in church, but we minus God. So when you can love yourself as God loves you. When somebody says, you know, you look beautiful. Thank you very much. The truth is I know that. I'm not beautiful, I'm handsome. Why are you laughing? But I don't care about you, yeah. The Bible says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Hello? 
Young people, listen to this. You are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. We're doing Bible studies with the young people. I said to them, don't pretend like you're stretching to show your muscles and your abs. Because these abs will become a big pillow one day. And the challenge is she's still got to love that. Hey, Ruth. <laughs> sorry. That's the cheeky side. I'm sorry. But you see, she's got to love this. Amen. But she's not just going to fall for this because when this changes, she'll find another upgrade. <laughs> That's what's happening in the world. That's what's happening in the world. <laughs> oh. Your beauty is in your confidence in God. Wow. That's far more attractive than your eight packs that you borrow from somewhere. You don't have to wear your undies outside to prove a point. Like Superman. That's what he does, right? Red undies outside his pants. Is it Superman? It is. When you accept who you are, I gotta, this is truth for us. You know you are attractive is when you're confident in who you are in Christ Jesus. That will liberate you from the inside out. I'm picking on you again. You don't have to please people to love you. You've got to love people to and serve them. And when you love, love, because I tell you what, we've been married for 17 years. What kept us together is not this, which I don't have any. Not this, because it's gone. It was never there. <laughs> See, I didn't pretend. What kept this going through hell was love. What will keep this going is not long-suffering and, oh, here he is. Again. No, what is going to keep us going even more sharper, more beautiful, more testimony, more powerful, more anointed, more passionate is love for God. I want to teach not by talking. I want to teach by modeling how I love my wife to my children so that when they grow up, they got to learn how to love their spouses. Are you with me? See, where, who I am, if I'm always fighting with myself and Marv comes and says something, I'm fighting with Marv. Right? If I'm always fighting, if I'm always critical about myself, then, hey, and you're like, I'll find something wrong with you. Right? But if I'm always negative about myself, then I will always pull you down too. I will always, <laughs> it's just like my aunties, remember? <laughs> if you know my aunties. Because that this is not right. 
If I'm always fighting within me, I will always find something wrong with you. Because the truth is, I know I'm not good enough. Because I'm not good enough, you're not good enough. Because I'm a perfectionist. God didn't create you to be a perfectionist. Oh, I can't do this if it doesn't go my way. No, when did it become your way? It's got to be God's way. Hello? He's not looking for perfect marriage. He's looking for an excellent marriage. He's not looking for a perfect man. He's looking for an excellent man. And you're excellent because he created you excellently. The Bible actually says you're a masterpiece in the hands of God. I am laboring on this point because we forget this. There is no point in buying a car of whatever car, V8 or V12, if such a thing, and you forget to put petrol in it. What gets it going is petrol. I don't care you have a $150 car or a $150,000 car. What go, keeps it going is petrol. What keeps you going is love of God. If I am not happy with myself, I'm never happy with you. Amen, Abigail. I agree with you. Either she's saying amen or she's saying move on. We shall find out one day. Love is action. Love your neighbor as thyself. If you cannot love your neighbor as thyself, you cannot love God. And if you can't love God, you can't love your neighbor. You've got to love God. It starts with God. Love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Love God. Love yourself. Love your neighbor. Turn to your neighbor and say, love God. Love yourself. And love your neighbor. One John four seven eight says, "Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from where? Uh, this is good. Love does not come from feeling. It doesn't come from feeling. Love comes from God. I can love you because I love God. Amen. Love comes from God, and it says, anyone who loves." is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is what? Now, God is love and love is not God. All right. First Peter 1, 2, 23 says, You were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. So now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your love. That, that's a big challenge to all the Christian people. Love each other what? Love each other. Sorry, James, I don't have time for you today. When I have time, I will show you how I love you. Is that love? 
Love is not convenient, love is commitment. Amen. It's not even talking about the love that James and Kelly was talking about, that intimate love. He's talking love deeply with all your heart. Do you really love your neighbor deeply with all your heart? It's a question. Don't tell me no because I'll break my heart. At least pretend. No, I'm just kidding. But love deeply with all your heart. Love each other deeply with all your heart. I don't want to love you because I'll get something from you. But I love you because love comes from God. Amen. Imagine if I tell Romy, hey, Romy, I really love you. You know, you know, you're amazing. Thank you so much. But in my heart, I know I'll get a curry from her. You know, my motivation is a curry, so I'm greasing up to her. That's not love. Love is whether there is curry or no curry, I just want to hurry and say I love you. Curry is the byproduct. Anyway, because love is action. Number three, got to move. Number three. Number three, who is my neighbor, he said. Who is my neighbor? Now, this is a Jewish man. He's saying, who is my neighbor? Jewish man. That means he's been in church all his life. He's been in church even before he was born. Okay? He's a Jew, religious man. And he says, he's trying to justify to Jesus. Because in Jewish religion, there's, a, there's, there's Jewish people and there's those people that you don't talk to. So he's saying, who is my neighbor? And I love how Jesus answers the whole question here. And Jesus, actually, if you read it later on, he says, who is my neighbor? And Je Jesus starts going into the story. Let me tell you a story, he says. Once there was a Jewish man who was on the road somewhere and he got beaten up. And he was so beaten up that he was on the roadside. And then comes a Levite. That means your pastor. Then comes a pastor. And you know what the pastor does? He's a Jewish man. There's a pastor. The Jewish man is there. There's a pastor. And he sees the Jewish man on the ground beaten up. And the pastor walks, crosses the road and walks on the other side. What is he trying to say? It's not a religious thing to love. Who is my neighbor? And he's saying, in the end, it was a Samaritan, somebody that they were not supposed to talk to. It's the Samaritan who loved the Jewish person. What he's trying to say is pull out your barriers. Who is your neighbor? Whoever is in front of you. Who is in front of you? We don't know, but are you showing love? And I'm talking to myself, are you showing love? How can I show love to God when I can't show love to my brother? If you don't know how to love your brother, how can you love God who is unseen the bible says are you with me we live in a society we can't even love a husband and wife at the moment right we're struggling to love our children but the bible says love your neighbor who is your neighbor if you want to be like god you love people you can't love in your strength, but you can love them with God. See, even Jesus found that whole reason. He said, God, I love these people. We all agree, right? Jesus came on earth because he loved us. We agree to that. But Jesus found it hard to love us too. And not only that, he struggled with the thought of being separated from the Father. There came one time where he tried to negotiate with God. 
Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he sits there and he goes, this is going to be tough, Lord. Can you remove this cup from me? Can you? It's, it's difficult. But still, nevertheless, nature will be done. Amen. Love is not easy. Love is not easy. It's easy to people, love people that are easy. But love, I'm talking about, is selfless love where you pour your love no matter how harsh they are, how many times they disappoint you. You continue to love that person. Love your neighbor. And I tell you what, there are people out in our society that are looking for love, not more preaching. Don't preach. Love them. Love is two things. Love is action. But also love is the gospel. You've got to talk about the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you don't, then you're drawing them to you. I want to say this and I want to close. Philippians 3.10, it says that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. We love that. But the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. Do you know him in the fellowship of suffering? Because I tell you what, this is my fourth point and the last point is Jesus' Jesus disciplines, Jesus disciplines and uh, it's not... That's wrong. So anyway, the point there is, Jesus disciplines those he loves. Okay, you've got to love me here now. Okay, Jesus disciplines. It's not Jesus' disciples and those he loves. Wrong. I was testing whether you're reading or not. Okay? So Jesus disciplines those he loves. But look at this here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. Because love is not mushy. Love is not like, how can you say you love me, but you judge me? No, 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 no. Love means sometimes you've got to be hard at people. Amen. If you're a parent, I know what you're talking about. Or if you're a child, now don't tell me your mother never told you off. Or your father never told you off. Why do they tell you off? Because they love you. Right? And that's what the Bible is teaching us here. And verse Hebrews 12, verse 5 says, And have, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to us as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. <laughs> Isn't that good? I don't like this church. Let me go find another church. Come on. Why? Ooh, they, it's coming close to the bone. I don't like this church. It's horrible. No, no, no. What the saying is, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. How many of you parents have given your children timeouts? Only me. One and a half. How many of you given, how many of you as parents have given your children time out? Yeah. Why did you do that? Because you love them. How many of you children have had timeouts or a smack on your bottom? Yeah. Why? Because they love you. Amen. Oh, I don't like the Lord's discipline. It's not nice because I am a, I'm an 80-year-old experienced Christian. 
I always say this, there are no grandkids to Jesus. You might be 80 or you might be 8 seconds born. We are all children. No grandchildren. Amen. Just because you're 80 doesn't mean you're mature. Your maturity comes when you fear God and obey God. Amen. I was not appointed as a pastor because I acted mature. I was appointed as a pastor because God witnessed in the elders through prayer and in my heart. Amen. So if you love God, you will come and love each other. So don't despise God's loving. Verse 11 says, no discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. Who likes that? No discipline. If you're in a problem, God is trying to teach you something. Don't try to blame the bat if you can't score runs. Don't try to blame the pitch because you can't see the ball properly when you're playing cricket. Don't try to blame the computer when your heart is lazy. Actually, one of my children, I won't name, I said, are you reading your Bible? I don't have a proper Bible. <laughs> I don't know what a proper Bible is. Excuse. Have you read your Bible? Oh, I've been so busy. Excuse. Yet you want transformation, but you don't want the discipline of reading the word of God. You want the blessings of God, but you don't want to love God. You want the provision of God, but you don't want to obey God. I got to go to church. Oh, really? Can I go at quarter to 11? Maybe I'll go at 11 o'clock because a half an hour will be done. That's why I'm not finishing yet. Because you walked in late. Don't walk in late. I'm not angry. I'm actually speaking as a shepherd here. Don't walk in late because that just shows your love for God. If the queen is here, will you walk in late? To do your curtsies. I don't know how a man does a curtsy. Doesn't matter. No, no man doesn't do a curtsy. That's like a Japanese. No, that's Korean. Anyway. No discipline is enjoyable. Can I have the key? Thank you. No discipline is enjoyable. Can I just say, when they go over there, they're saying, stop talking. <laughs> that's what they're telling me. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. It's painful. I'll throw something out here. That I learned, rules without reasons breeds rebellious spirit. Discipline is good, but rules without reasons. Rules are good. If Sandra goes, I lived in Asia, but I'm back home, but I don't like driving on the left side. I want to drive on the right side. Why? Oh, because God is with me. If God before me, who can be against me? No one will be against you, but they will be on you if you drive on the right side. A rule is there to protect you. 
Amen. But if you despise the rule, see, a rule is there because of reason. Everyone likes to follow a rule. Rule without a reason breeds rebellious spirit. If you're disciplining your child, you're my child for now, okay? But if I'm disciplining you, you've got no idea why I'm disciplining you because I'm grumpy at my boss, but I'm telling you off. That ain't good. Amen. I'm withholding my love for my wife because I'm grumpy at... I won't name names now. But if I'm angry at you, 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 and I go home and I show it on my kids, that's not right. That's not discipline. You get what I'm saying? The Lord disciplines those he loves. Let's get used to that. Let's come before him, bow before him. Love means submission. And he says, but how afterwards... There will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I know that I am I'm committed to my family, there is no word called divorce. There's only one word that will separate us. It's called death, not divorce. Come on. But as long as I'm alive, I'm going to love my wife and my children and my church and my community. So take a new grip with your tired hands. <laughs> Isn't that cool? My heart is this this morning, if you can stand to your feet, please. You know, it's nice to laugh, it's nice to come together, it's nice to sing songs and worship God and all those things. But the key thing in, 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 in Paul says that you may speak in tongues, you may prophesy, you may do play guitar, you may play drums loud where my eardrums are broken because of your playing drums. Who witnesses with me on that? Right? But you could do all those things, but if you don't have love, So I'm asking you today, take a new grip with your ha tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Mark out a, a straight path for your feet so that those who are weak and lame will not fall but become strong. Do you know why he poured our love on you? So that you know the love of God and you go out there, pick those that are weak, pick those that are lame, pick those that are mute and go love them amen so can we say god do a please do a surgery in my heart take the callousness in me now right now god would you please take me back to my first love I was talking to somebody and they said I was serving God because it was naivety no it's not naivety it's purity when you first fell in love with God you wanted to do everything for God why because you love God and now we want to serve God with terms and conditions but God is saying love me 
and love your neighbor.